Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, without God, Well, life is really boring. It's a treadmill going nowhere. Without God, well, you have no purpose in your life. And if I have no purpose in my life, then I have no meaning to my life. Without a personal relationship with God, then there's no purpose. There's no meaning. There's no life. And that's why God must be first. God first in our life. The focus of our life. Due to the fast-paced environment in most of our lives, we often expect quick or immediate results in our dilemmas. A broken appliance we call for repair, civil or legal dispute we call an attorney. Unfortunately, this is often how we treat God in heaven when it comes to multiple issues in our lives. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us the importance of putting God first rather than coming to Him last. In our study, we'll learn the importance of adoration being the first step in our prayers, rather than quickly coming to Him with wants. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continued study entitled, How to Pray. Matthew chapter 6. The other place we'll go this morning is the book of Exodus, second book in the Bible, and we'll do that a little later. 15 or 20 years ago, if you mentioned the word vitamin, well, there weren't really that many brands of vitamins. Today, there's literally thousands. Here's one that you might remember from a few years ago. How many remember the name of this one? Well, they've kind of updated it now. And I'm going to give you a quiz. Now, those of you in the balcony, this quiz is for you. Those of you that are out in the commons and those in the cafetorium and watching on the internet, this is for you. Let's see how good you do. The manufacturer of this vitamin, how often do they suggest you take one of their vitamins? Oh, you're terrific. Wow, brilliant group this morning. Once a day. Well, Jesus is going to talk about the very same thing this morning, daily. In other words, regular, routinely. And it's going to be in relating to God and all that he wants to do in our lives. In the second part of this teaching, we'll learn how to pray in a different way. We started two weeks ago with the first type. Look at verse 9. This then is how you pray. In other words, this is a a model, a blueprint 
for prayer. This is how we pray to God. This is how you should pray, Jesus says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the first section that we learned two weeks ago, the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer actually, is divided into two parts. The first section you see is called this, adoration. It's man honoring God. The first part of the prayer is all about God. It's, well, hallowed be the name of God. Speaking about the kingdom of God. Speaking about God's will. It's not about man, it's about God. Man is to honor God first in his life because life is all about God. Colossians 1.16 says, Everything got started in him, God, and everything finds its purpose in him. So it's all about God. So when we pray, typically when we pray, Without this instruction, we pray, God, I need this, and God, help me here, and pray for Aunt Susie, and do whatever. Now, those are fine prayers, but that's not how you start. So the pattern always starts with God. You see, without God, well, life is really boring. It's a treadmill going nowhere. Without God, well, you have no purpose in your life. And if I have no purpose in my life, then I have no meaning to my life. Without a personal relationship with God, then there's no purpose, there's no meaning, there's no life. And that's why God must be first. God first in our life. The focus of our life. Linda and I just returned on Wednesday night from a few days in Western Europe. We went for a few days of vacation and spent a day and a half in London, then took the Eurostar in there and went to... Two different countries, basically. Belgium, we went to Bruges and spent three days in a bed and breakfast, basically four days there, and went to another part of the Netherlands, a little town called Venlo. We have some friends in the church that live there, and we stayed in a bed and breakfast and just spent a little time with them. They lived there a little bit during the summers. Well, we had a wonderful, incredible time. It was relaxing. But during our time there, Linda and I began to sense, and we were specifically impacted with the spiritual darkness in these countries. You see, we got to meet in the small towns. The Bruges was probably 20,000, 50,000 people at the most. Venlo was around 50,000 in its area. We got to meet people. We always try to do that. That's why I like to stay in bed and breakfast, so you get to talk to people. You get to understand what's happening in their towns. Well, the people were friendly. They were generous. They were loving. When we went into their homes, the homes were spotless. The yards were manicured perfectly. Family and friends, well, they're held in high honor. It's something they're all about. The economy's good. The food's good. Their health is basically good. They are outdoors people, especially, obviously, in the summer. We looked at all of those things, and it was, it was incredible. But God was absent from their lives. It was so noticeable because I had just taught the first part of how to pray to God. I talked about God as our father. God is our king. God is the one who gives purpose and meaning to life. And our world should circle around God. Yet in these countries, by and large, God was absent. Nothing in their everyday life, nothing in their everyday life, absolutely nothing had anything to do with God at all. In Bruges, Belgium, 
One morning I went down and I began to share with a young woman who worked at the bed and breakfast we were staying. I noticed she was pregnant. Being a granddad just recently again, I'd use that and kind of talk to her and whatever and told her what I did. And, and I asked her about, well, her relationship. I asked her about the Bible. And she said, well, I, re- I remember a little bit about the Bible because my mom, when we were really young as a child, would read some verses to me. But my parents don't go anymore, and I, I don't go. And I asked her, what about your husband? She said, well, my boyfriend doesn't go either. And of course, in Europe, as you're well aware, in many places, especially in the Scandinavian countries, marriage is just outmoded. Nobody gets married, and you just simply live together. Well, I said to her, you know, our services are on the web. You can watch them. She said, really? When? How? And I gave her the card and told her about our website. And, and she wa- she's trying to figure it out. Okay, six hours passed. When, when, what service could I watch that I could see? Why was there a hunger when she knew nothing of God? The reason? Everyone was created with the knowledge of God. You see, eternity's still in their heart. They know there's a God, but there's no God in their life. We took a train a few days later, about a four-hour ride to Venlo, kind of an area of Netherlands right next to Germany, just a few miles from Germany. And another bed and breakfast, we saw another pregnant woman, and Linda and I together talked with her. And I basically asked her about this, the Bible. She said, I don't know the Bible. In essence, I never opened the Bible. And she was married, and I said to her, well, what part of... Does church play in your life in this little town, a wonderful town, a beautiful town, a beautiful young woman becoming a mother? She said, well, we definitely want to have our child baptized. And then I said, then what? She said, well, nothing. There's no interest. So I talked to her about our website. Same thing. Gave her the card. She wanted to know when. There was interest to, to watch the services. As I looked at her, I thought, Not only is her generation lost to God, but the next generation is totally lost. How will they raise that child? The child will know nothing about God. Certainly the child can be baptized or dedicated as we did this morning, but where is the knowledge of who God is and and the nature of sin and heaven and hell and the goodness of God and the benefits? Where is that? It's 100% missing from their lives. One afternoon, we went into town, and Lynn and I were doing a little shopping, and while she was doing some shopping in, with the, one of the gals, uh, the owner of the store came over, and man about my age, and he spoke English well, and I began to talk with him. And I said to him, what about this town? And he says, well, you know, back in the 70s, 35 years ago, he said there was lots of young people that loved God, and things are really great, but he says, you know, today... The church is simply outdated and it's no longer relevant to young people at all. And people go once in a while on a holiday. I do the same and maybe to a funeral. But the church has no relationship to us at all. Sunday morning, a week ago today, came out of my bed and breakfast. We were on the street and we were near the church in town. This particular part of the Netherlands, the church was Catholic. It was the only church in town. 50,000 people. Much of the other parts of Netherlands, they're uh, Reformed Dutch. And I stood outside, and I, didn't, I wasn't there from the beginning, but the bells were ringing. It was church time. It was Sunday morning. They're ringing all over the community. It's a beautiful sound. And I stood outside the door of the church, and I watched. 
And I don't know how many because I wasn't there the whole time. But I guarantee you, not more than 25 people. Most of them at least 70, maybe 80, could hardly make it into the church. Now here's a town of 50,000 people. Wonderful, loving, incredible people. Gifted, talented, spotless streets, homes immaculate, family and friends. Wow, 50,000 people, 25 in church. If you relate that to Southern Brevard County of 250,000, that'd be this morning about, in our county, 125 people in church in Brevard County on a Sunday morning. My heart went out. How did this happen? I don't, what do you want to do with this, God? I couldn't get it off my mind. We begin to think about that. It just began to dwell in my heart, and I still don't know what I'm going to do with it. Now, we enjoyed our vacation, but God was doing something in me. We got back on Wednesday night. I had already called the newspaper, Florida Today, and before I left and said, restart my paper, I got up that next morning, Thursday morning, went out, and I got the Florida Today, but they failed to send me the USA Today. So I called them. Told them they missed it. They said they'd send it right out. I came home after coming to the office. I got another Florida Today, not my USA Today. Now, one Florida Today is enough. In fact, more than enough. Well, obviously, I wasn't going to get it. Didn't pay any attention to it. Went on, did my work. The next day, one of the individuals that comes to this body, he called me and we talked about something else. And he said, by the way, did you see the Thursday article in the USA Today? I said, well, no, because I never got my USA Today. I want you to see the headlines of that paper the day that I got back. This is USA Today Worldwide. Notice what it says. It says, religion takes a back seat in Western Europe. Bob was here this morning and gave me the paper. Let me share with you from this article. The day I got back, that I started to work, here it is. You see, I was in my heart, I was saying, God, you, you did something here. I, I don't know what to say to the people, but something has to be done. Are you going to use us? How can we be involved? The article says this from Dublin, Ireland. A young man says, I don't go to church and I don't know one person who does. The same article. A Mary who has gone to Mass seven days a week for almost all of her 79 years. Here's what she said about religion, Christianity in Ireland. Notice, it's a godless society. But then I noticed this, and you have to wake up and listen to this this morning. In the article, it says, Ireland is not an exception. Every major religion in Western Europe is declining. Every major religion is declining except Islam. You see, when you're in England, we were there. Most of the churches, many, shouldn't say most because I don't know the exact figure, many of the Christian churches, wonderful churches for generations, are now mosques. There's nobody in the church. There's just nobody there. And so we know in Western Europe, you'll see all these figures. I'm sure in the Netherlands, it'll say you 20% of the people go to church. I don't believe that at all. Because I was in these towns. That might mean they go on Christmas I was in these towns, and I can say to you this morning, I'm sure that in many of the Western countries in Europe, 
95% of the people have nothing. Well, how did this happen in Europe? Where powerful ministers, names you'll recognize, Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, they taught the word of God. 5,000 people used to be in, in a Spurgeon's church, the Metropolitan. How, how did this happen? How did Christianity, which is the foundation in Europe, that's where our churches came from, the people that I study. 150 years ago, the commentators were all European. Here's the first thing you want to write down this morning. How did it happen? Here it is. The problem is self-sufficiency. You see, there was no need for God. There was just absolutely no need for God. It isn't that God isn't around or they never think about God. They just believe, well, they have no need for God. The average person living in those countries are doing just fine. Interesting that in this same article, the Pope said recently about the weakening churches in Europe and Australia and the United States, he said, there's no longer evidence for a need of God and less of Christ. Could it be that here in the United States, in Brevard County, that we can become so self-sufficient that we don't need God? Could it be this morning... That you don't need God? Have you become so independent that you can do life routinely without God? Have you come to punch your religious stamp this morning? And when you're done, you really don't think about God the rest of the week because really you don't need him. You see, this is how it started in England, in Germany, in the Netherlands, in Belgium, in France. You see, once people knew they needed God, they were in the light and they walked with God. But then they became, well, pretty prosperous. And they didn't really need God as much. And God, instead of being in the center and them being in the light, they, they began to walk. And it was in the shadows. Oh, God was there and they still recognized him, but it wasn't really there and... The next generation, they're living today in darkness. There's no need of Now, it seems fine for them because everybody they relate to is in the dark. And the individual they see over here in the light, it's kind of abnormal. Where are you this morning? Could Brevard County become like Western Europe? Could we become so independent of God that we really don't need him anymore? Well, the second half of this tremendous teaching on prayer, Jesus hits it right square on. This second section is about petitioning. We move away from honoring God, and God says, now let me do some things to you. Notice, second is petition, God answering man's requests. So there's a change that the Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer is in two parts. First part's honoring God. You always put him first. Second, God says, let me take care of you. In verse 11, you can write by verse 11 just these words, God's provision. Now, Jesus gives us an example. We're only going to do verse 11 today, and we'll finish this prayer next week with a third part. Look what Jesus says in verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. We're going to break that down. 
First word is give. It's okay to ask God for things. Is this amazing? Jesus says, okay, now that you've honored God, you want his will in your life, you want his kingdom, you realize he's in heaven, you realize he's the one that does everything. Now ask of him. Oh, Pastor Mark, it's okay to ask God for things? Absolutely. You want to ask big? In fact, the Bible says we don't have because we don't ask. By asking God, we acknowledge that everything we have comes from God. You see, James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above. It's from God. And we know this promise in Philippians 4.19. And my God will meet all your needs, not your wants, all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Think of our lives this morning. They're filled with the goodness of God. Everything you and I have comes from God. Now, there's a verse in Deuteronomy 8.18 It says this. Listen closely. But remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You see, Europe doesn't get that. They're affluent. They have all they need. They don't recognize that God is a part of it. But see, when you think about that, God is a part of everything. Everything we have came from God, comes from God today. You say, well, not really. I, I'm very sufficient. I have my 403B and I have my accounts and, I have my, and, and, I, and I'm perfectly fine. No, 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 no. All of that came from God. He gave you the ability to get wealth. And you'll see later how our country may be going the same way because the more affluent we become, the less dependent we are on God. I talked to somebody recently, and in one 24-hour period, everything they depended on in life, in the normal things of life, was gone. Was gone like that. Well, it couldn't happen to me, Pastor Mark. (laughs) A year ago, it happened to lots of people in our communities. Now, the second thing that you need to think about is us. Jesus says, give us. What does us mean? It means unified. It means full body. We have to think about the body of Christ, not just you. But what does that simply mean? It means this. We're all equally dependent on God. There isn't one person in this room. This is what I like about Calvary Chapel here. We have every kind of age group young, old. We have every kind of income group from the minimum wage to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year that you earn. We have every kind of uh, ethnicity. We have people from all over the world, all walks of life, all kinds of background, educated, uneducated, PhDs, doctors, all the way down to whatever. Hadn't even finished high school. You're working on your GED. Get it, man. Get it. Good job. But we're all the same. We're all exactly the same. You know, I I know that because I worked in hospitals many years. And when you go into an operating room and you're under that little gown, uh, we're all the same. Our prayer life can easily be influenced by the quick-paced environment that so many of us are well accustomed to. Unfortunately, this influence is commonly for the worse, rather than better. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of putting God first in both prayer and day-to-day life. Today, Pastor Mark also encouraged us to approach God in our prayers with adoration rather than request. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us on the importance of relying on God daily. In our study, we'll learn that no matter how self-sufficient we might be, our reliance upon God is key to a healthy Christian life. Continuing our study in the Lord's Prayer, Pastor Mark will reflect on just how vital it is that we get our daily bread from our Father in Heaven. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. i